Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. I'm going to start things out here tonight talking about the competition. The uh, Some of the other talk show hosts out there, they're in the news, and the issues I think are worth discussing, especially this one. Hal Turner. Mark, do you remember that name? I do. Is this the guy that was the FBI agent? Well, there there were some allegations swirling around about this uh, particular and it I, was, I, it was the, the allegations were were not made as allegations though as I recall. They were made that he was a fed. Right. And he was arrested uh recently facing charges uh, for making threats against lawmakers and and judges. And when that happened, and when when all this kind of started to spill out a few months back, people had speculated that this guy, and I think they'd speculated it since before he was arrested, had speculated that this dude was working for the federal government. Now, to tell you a little bit about this character, and I don't know much about him except that he's popped up on my radar from time to time throughout the last several years, he was running a, a racist talk show. And I don't know if it was necessarily billed as that up front, Mm -hmm. but if you looked at his advertisers, it was like, you know, white power Internet access, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, It wasn't too subtle necessarily. You you didn't have to dig too deep on Hal Turner to find out that, you know, he's a bigot Mm. and a sicko. Yeah, we don't turn down too many advertisers here on Free Talk Live, but I think I'd turn down white power Internet access. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly what it was called. But that but was. I, of, I understand what you're saying, yeah. yes. It, it, you know, it was uh, Internet access for Caucasians only or something like that. Some <laughs> kind of, some kind of uh, how, how release. How do they verify that? I don't, I don't know. It I, was who, sick. Would want, who would want to give them their money anyway? <laughs> it, it, it was sick. Uh, and so this guy has just been kind of showing up on the radar from time to time. He was the... He apparently was responsible for promoting the supposed designs of the Amero. Remember all the talk about a year or so ago about kind of the conspiracy through the coming through the conspiracy channels. Of, right, we're going to have a new uh, form of currency called the Amero, and here it is, people. Right, as though somebody's got the uh, the, the proof of the the Amero uh, coin. So he broke as though those. they would actually use a coin for the Amero because if they're going to trot out a new currency, they're not going to make it out of metal, which costs more money to produce than paper. Well, it wasn't a real metal, hard metal coin. It was probably one of these stupid zinc ones, but it just looked pretty. But th- it wouldn't matter um, right. whether I, would, if if you had if you were going to pawn off a new currency on people, are you going to make that currency out of paper or metal? Well, uh, it doesn't. You have coins and and currency, I'm sure. But right, and he showed the pictures of the uh, the coinage. And supposedly, I remember he said he knew somebody in in one of the mints who smuggled a few out and. Yeah, who knows what the story was, right? But he did release those pictures, and of course they were spread everywhere. His show URL was was on it, and so again, I remember at that time I said, uh, I think I said on the air something to the effect of, "Well, if it comes from the Hal Turner show, it, it's questionable." I mean, this guy's yes. a bigot. He's a, he's a sick, uh, violence advocating bigot. He gets on the air on his show and advocates violence as a solution. He got in trouble for suggesting that judges should be shot. I don't know. They might quote him in this in this article here. But so there've been rumors flying around about this guy that he's been an agent provocateur and that his job is to essentially stir the pot and incite people to violence. Turns out the rumors were true. 
According to the Associated Press, in a story out of Hartford, Connecticut, a New Jersey blogger, they're calling him a blogger, but he had his own uh, internet talk show, because you can damn well bet nobody would put him on their radio station. Hal Turner, you mean? Yeah. Okay. A uh, New Jersey blogger facing charges in two states for allegedly making threats against lawmakers and judges was trained by the FBI on how to be deliberately provocative, according to his attorney. Hal Turner worked for the FBI from 2002 to 2007 as an agent provocateur. So he's coming out, it sounds like he's coming out of the closet. And was taught by the agency what he could say that wouldn't be crossing the line, said defense attorney Michael Orozco. His job was basically to publish information which would cause other parties to act in a manner which would lead to their arrest. Now, I really don't have to go any further in the story to point out how important this article is. And this is not being splashed across the front page of the New York Times, let me tell you. Time magazine is not going to be picking this particular story up. Agents provocateur are out there, Mm -hmm. and their job description is to publish information which will cause other parties, you, perhaps, to act in a manner which would lead to your arrest. They're ginning up crime. Yep. They're ginning up terrorism. They're they're using people like Hal Turner and who knows how many others, how many other influential people within that kind of movement, the, the so-called patriot movement, which obviously uh, there's a certain white power contingency to it that I find absolutely despicable. But how many There's of less the, than you think, though, Ian? How really. many of but how many of them are FBI agents? I mean, if Hal well, Turner was one of them, how many of the rest of them are? Well, I've heard for a long time that even the KKK is full of feds. Probably, <laughs> it probably is. I I, yeah. I would I wouldn't doubt at all if there are as many uh, feds in the KKK as there are you know people bigots. Would I there doubt it. be as much hatred and and violence tied to hatred if these agents provocateur weren't out there? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, I mean, how much of it are they creating? Uh, uh, you know, who knows? They 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 egg people on. That's what their job is. So they put the idea out there and they encourage people to to uh, to follow through with it. And that's why you have to be careful because these some of the a lot of these people are going to sound like they agree with you on a lot of things, and then at some point they're going to start advocating violence, and that's when you have to say, "I'm getting off the train right here, pal." Prosecutors have acknowledged that Turner was an informant, so they've confirmed it, who spied on radical right-wing organizations. But the defense has said Turner was not working for the FBI when he allegedly made threats against Connecticut legislators and wrote that three federal judges in Illinois deserve to die. Uh, Of course, when... when they say they, um, uh, you know, well, he wasn't working for us at that time. Right. This is, this is, I mean, at what point does the federal government decide you're not working for them? The moment that you say something they don't like, mm-hmm. and then, you know, oh, there, there was the day before that. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's the unfortunate part, uh, you know, here. I, I assume this guy, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I assume that he felt like he was protected by his his operators or his handlers and now he's being Room charged for, the for it. Yeah. Orozco, uh, his defense attorney, said that if you compare anything that he did say well, while he was operating, there was no difference. No difference whatsoever. So some people would suggest that once you're in the FBI, you're in forever. You know, that uh, that you're in the CIA, you're CIA forever. That kind, of, that kind of thing. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but... Once a spook, always a spook. Yep. Special Agent Ross Rice, a spokesman for the FBI in Chicago, said he would not comment on or even confirm Turner's relationship with the FBI. Orozco spoke to reporters after a court hearing in Hartford, uh, and Turner, who's from the lovely North Bergen, New Jersey, 
did not appear because he's in federal custody in Illinois. In June, Turner urged his readers to take up arms against Connecticut lawmakers and suggested government officials should obey the Constitution or die. Now, if you strip away the fact that this guy is, or maybe he's not really, maybe maybe he's not really a hate spite, uh, hate-filled bigot. Maybe he's just been playing one on the radio, but. Since that's kind of the impression I've gotten of him, we'll go ahead and label him as a, as a bigot because he's not certainly not said anything to the contrary. But if you strip away the whole bigoted aspect of Hal Turner and you just look at quotes like, obey the Constitution or die, take up arms against the Connecticut lawmakers, and take up arms was the only part in quotes, but the, it was judges and that sort of thing. If you just look at those quotes... You hear a lot of that stuff within uh, kind of the general so-called patriot community. And I don't really consider myself a a part of that community. I don't really know what defines it, but Mm -hmm. it's out there somewhere. And there's a lot of that rhetoric, you know. Oh, well, we've got to have our guns ready so they can – government, when they come to take them, can get them led first. And uh, it's time to tar and feather and et cetera, et cetera. You, You hear this stuff out there, and you just have to wonder. How much of it is absolutely manufactured by the FBI, by the CIA? How, ma- how much of it? You can speculate if you want. Maybe, you, maybe you've heard more. 800-259-9231. And it makes me so pleased that I found uh, – because I kind of come from that perspective in my life. I, I've come from that and moved into a perspective of peace and love and, and understanding and forgiveness – and I'm so glad that I have, because had you, if you go in that other direction and you start agitating for violence, the flags start going up, and you may very well end up in the, you know, on the inside of a prison cell or, or worse. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo or video proving that they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself. And ladies, if you want to get on there, there is uh, there are instructions as to how you can do that at shrine.freetalklive.com. I want you to go to this uh, website, orderchews.com, and check out the uh, new vitamin that I've been uh, taking for the last month or so. It's called Choose for Health's Superfruit Complex. It contains some uh, of the new popular antioxidant fruits out there, goji, mangosteen, acai, nani fruit. These uh, superfruits that are contained in uh, Choose for Health are considered by many experts to be some of the most nutrient-rich fruits that the world has to offer. And you can get a free week by going to 800, or excuse me, calling 800-219-8874. That's 800-219-8874. It's Choose for Health. All, All you have to do is pay for the shipping and handling. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. We're talking about a bigot, a white supremacist. His name's Hal Turner, or allegedly that's his name. Turns out this guy is an agent provocateur, and the government is admitting as much. And they're not getting any comment from the FBI, but from the government's own prosecutors, they are admitting that that is true, that this man was working with the FBI, allegedly from at least 2002 to 2007. They're disavowing any knowledge that he's on their payroll at this time. After he wrote on the Internet in uh, Internet postings that people should take up arms against Connecticut lawmakers and suggested government officials should obey the Constitution or die, 
because he was angry over legislation that apparently would have given lay members of Roman Catholic churches more control over their parish's finances. That's really something people should be killed over, right? That that legislation, that's the, the straw that broke the camel's uh, back? I don't think that, uh, um, that the, the, the legislature should be involved in what the church's business is at all, but... Uh, I don't know that that's the most egregious no. thing that's gone on in, no. in uh, Connecticut politics in the last decade. But that's what this guy did. He, uh, you know, he just kind of ramped up the rhetoric and uh, got as violent as he possibly could, as far as his words were concerned. Encouraged people to engage in violent activities, and it's he's it's all coming out now. Uh, according to the story here, he also wrote that same month that the Illinois federal appeals judges deserve to be killed. Because they issued a ruling that upheld ordinances in Chicago banning handguns, he included their photos and the room numbers of their chambers at the courthouse. Gosh. Orozco, is, uh, his lawyer, officially joined his defense team in Connecticut on Tuesday, and apparently they've been representing Turner for the past five years in his law firm, so during his FBI informant years. This guy was trained. They're admitting that he was trained to... To essentially stir it up, to encourage people to get violent. You think and if, so there is no argument anybody can make that says government is out there protecting you. They're creating crime. They're encouraging crime to happen here. I, and on top of that, they're, they're, they're sort of uh, washing their hands of this Hal Turner guy, saying, oh, well, we didn't have anything to do with him at the time that he made these statements that we're charging him for. Mm-hmm. But you would think that if he had been fired from the, uh, you know, as a as a plant for the FBI, right? You would think yeah. that there'd be some kind of paperwork, sure, right? Classified. Um, you, something they yeah. should be able to so, to show the termination papers of this particular agent. This agent has gone rogue. He is now, you know, not considered part of the company um, any longer. You know, we've got to cut him free. Either that, or if they can't produce a piece of paper, then as far as I'm concerned, this guy was working for the government when he made these statements. Now, maybe the government doesn't like these particular statements, but they should own up for the monster that they created. They, um, you know, that's 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 what uh, it really boils down to. We need a uh, case here about, you know, the spy that the government created, the, the, the plant that the government created, and how he went awry. I don't want to see a case about, uh, well, he wasn't working for us at the time. You know, they're just making that claim. Let's go to your calls here. Uh, agents, provocateur, your comments on that or anything goes. It is Free Talk Live. Frank in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hey, Frank. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Being an old man and having studied American foreign policy and national security policy from the 70s on, this kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. So COINTELPRO. Probably too young, right, COINTELPRO. But you probably are too young to remember when the Nazi party was going to march on the predominantly Jewish community of Skokie, Illinois. And I, I've inter- heard about the story. I well, it's interesting was because there were several state challenges to the right of free speech, and the ADL went in and defended the Nazis. But the head of the Nazi party doing the march was actually a Jewish man whose grandfather was an avid Zionist. And what was very interesting, after all this stuff happened... Uh, they said he had a breakdown and went into a mental institution. But what was interesting about all this stuff, it created paranoia about racism, anti-Semitism, the rights of free speech, and it also raised a lot of money for the Anti-Defamation League and the B'nai B'rith and other Zionists, the uh, ZOA organization, the Zionist Organization of America and things. But what's interesting about it is that there's an interesting parallel. The person making the al-Qaeda threats now, 
the British press discovered that his grandfather was an avid Zionist who actually fought for the liberation of Israel in the War of 1948. And when you begin to look at this stuff, things can be very strange, not what they seem. And it's not uncommon that the government... You know, the government has always used agitators to do different things. Yeah, it's an old tactic. But the the, uh, al-Qaeda thing is most interesting now, because we know that al-Qaeda was actually set up by the CIA uh, under Ronald Reagan to fund the covert war in Afghanistan against the Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Sure. And we know that uh, they spent between four and eight billion dollars from 1981 through 1984, we don't know too much more about it after that, but the point is there was a lot of money, and uh, the Mujahideen was also funded by the U.S. So whenever we hear the term al-Qaeda, it's sort of like the boogeyman that we can always blame everything that goes bad on al-Qaeda, but if you know the history, and if you've read Milt Bearden's two books, he was the CIA operative that ran the war in Afghanistan against the Soviet Union for the CIA. He wrote two or three books about it. But, you know, it's all there in plain view. Sure, and And now it's happening again. People just have to sort of do the research. The Skokie, Illinois thing was most interesting, because I had only researched that in the early 90s. And I was amazed at, at, you know, how this whole thing was uh, basically a big fraud. But it scared a Mm. lot of people, and... uh, you know, one can question what were the ulterior motives for that. But uh, yeah, it is a good question, and it seems the ulterior motive here is to create uh, a sense of uh, danger and a sense of chaos, and uh, that way the exactly. the government can say, "Ah, see, we're here to protect you." Thank you, Frank, for the call tonight. You're sure. absolutely right. This is an old, old tactic, mm-hmm. and it's clear that it's still in in heavy use today. Right. How many other people like Hal Turner are there out there spreading hate, fomenting uh, distrust, fomenting fear? How many people like that are there? It's an, it's an unanswerable question. It's all top secret. Right. COINTEL PRO is an acronym for counterintelligence program. It, it was a series of covert and often illegal projects con- conducted by the U.S. FBI aimed at investigating and disrupting dissident political organizations within the United States. The FBI used covert operations from its inception. However, formal COINTEL operations took place between 1956 and 71. The FBI's motivation at the time was to protect protect national security, preventing violence, and maintaining the existing social and political order. This doesn't prevent violence. What this does is it sets people up to to be busted for things that they otherwise might not have done had they not been egged on by people like this Turner character. More on the way you take control. This is Free Talk Live. Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's ZeusCoin.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Features including the updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. 
Com. Now, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be a part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. More liberty-oriented people moving here to New Hampshire every single week. Uh, one of my old favorite activists from uh, from Florida, Neil, has uh, has moved up here just this week, and uh, I I feel personally responsible for Neil almost because I, I found him uh, when I was doing the, uh, the Sarasota County Fair. I was operating a uh, an outreach booth for the Libertarian Party at the time, and I think he was like twenty or no, what, uh, thirteen or something like that when uh, when he first met me when I was doing that outreach, and now he's graduating col- graduated college and has uh, made the move up here to New Hampshire, and he's, he's an awesome activist. So I, I know that the best activists uh, in the, the country are coming here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. So come on up here. But beware, because as this movement continues to grow, as the liberty movement here in New Hampshire continues to take hold, more people move up, more people get active in whatever ways. I mean, we know that there's a lot of uh, political action and also some civil disobedience going on up here media creation, all kinds of exciting activism is happening. But the more happens, the more move up, the more likely there will be people like Hal Turner popping up. Mm-hmm. Now, whether they appear as racists and bigots like Hal Turner does is another question. I don't think it's likely that they will all be of the same cut from the same cloth. But it's very likely that they will all have the same uh, M.O., if you will, of talking about violence as a solution to the government problem. The government is a problem. It is a dangerous entity. It is force, uh, fearful servant, dangerous master. What was that? Is it? Do I have it right? Fearful, fearful uh, master, dangerous servant. Government is servant. like fire. Yeah, that's that's what George Washington said about it. Government is like fire. It's a fearful master and a dangerous servant. A dangerous servant, fearful master, something like that. Yeah, anyway. it sounds right. Likely George Washington didn't say it, but uh, somebody wrote it down for him. Well, it was a good quote. And so government is dangerous, and they're putting dangerous people like Hal Turner in the midst of people who are otherwise relatively peaceful folk and getting them to talk and agitate people toward the idea of going ahead and and selecting violence as their solution to the governmental problem. And that's not going to work. And, And we pointed that out before on this show, and it bears pointing out again. If not to just make it clear that this is not one of those shows, we are not agents provocateur, uh, we really are in, in favor of freedom, and we understand on this program, to a host, and we disagree on some things, but I think we all understand and agree on this one, and that is that violence is not going to achieve small government, nor is it going to achieve a completely voluntary society. Neither one of those can come about through violent means. Only violence can come about through violence. Violence begets more violence. It, it just continues the cycle, and then everybody ends up, you know, with their eyes poked out or dead. You know, they, they, you just keep, you keep cutting off people's hands. Everybody doesn't have hands in it anymore eventually. So, uh, I Plus just... It's, it's, um, it's difficult to point at somebody and say, you know, this, this person who's in the government is being violent towards people and then respond with violence. It just doesn't make much sense. No, you've lowered yourself to their level. And as has been pointed out, and history shows again and again, whenever a government is overthrown through violent means, it just installs a new set of uh, wannabe dictators, a new okay. set of con- uh, control freaks. The, the few times that uh, history has shown us that uh, you know, uh, civil disobedience has worked, you've only gotten more violent government, too. So I don't know that civil disobedience is necessarily the answer in this particular scenario. However, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm more willing to try this than I am 
uh, you know, try something else. Well, we know the ploys that have been employed over the last few decades with using these types of people. So the ploy perceived is no longer a ploy. So there's certain key things to watch out for. One is somebody who advocates violence. The other is if somebody's a racist because you don't mm-hmm. want to be attached. You don't want to be associated with those people because that's not what we're, what we're about. So anybody that is suggesting violence as a possible activist option should be immediately flagged, and people should be made aware of who uh, who that person is, and they should be ostracized. They should be they should be I don't know maybe you should approach them and talk to them about their position, try to turn them around. I think that'd probably be appropriate that way. Maybe they that maybe they've been listening to some provocateur and are just echoing what that person says. So I think I think it would make sense to sit down with them and say, look. You know, this isn't where I'm coming from, and I don't want to go there. Uh, I, I don't want violence associated with me, so I don't want to be. If you're going to continue this rhetoric, I don't want to be seen with you. I just want to make sure that you know you've really thought this through, and and then talk to them about the history of violence and how it is that it doesn't solve. It's not going to solve these problems. That it's violence is what the government is prepared for. They're ready to handle people getting uh, in their face with weapons and and threats and Especially things like that. Especially an organized group. I mean, that to me is uh, the, the 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 silliest of it all. If you're going to get together. As an organized group to be violent against the government, really, you're going to try to rally an army against the greatest army that the world has ever seen. I don't think. I mean, it's how ridiculous that. is that? It's not necessarily going to be that. It could be something as uh, as simple as, well, let's go blow something up in the middle of the night, or let's but uh, why do you kill need a cop, let's? or whatever. Why, why would you need that? Why would you yeah. be uh, agent provocateuring to do that? Well, the agent won't do it. What they do suggest. I, well, he would suggest to somebody else, "Hey, yeah. Wayne, let's you and I go blow up a building." What do I need Wayne for? Go blow up your own building. If, well, if, Wayne might give you the bomb. Tough guy. If he's the agent provocateur, he might provide you with the tools that you need, and then have you go carry it out. Right, but the, but do you see what I'm saying? Like the, the the that somebody who's out there making these suggestions, the the worst thing that you can have when you're doing a crime is a co-defendant. Mm-hmm. The one that's going to be uh, that you're going to be sitting across from is going to be the co-defendant. Yeah. I, you know, I, that's what makes the least that would make the least amount of sense to me. You know. Don't listen to these people. Uh, you know, either way, what, why do you, why do they need your support? Well, sometimes they won't even necessarily carry it out. But what they'll do is they'll get you to say some things, maybe being recorded, that might implicate you uh, to planning some sort of violence, and then you get arrested, and they, they run away. For conspiracy. Away. Right, for conspiracy, exactly. And that's what happened to those people down in uh, Miami. That, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, some, some the FBI, terrorist enclave right, or whatever. Some, some FBI agent goes to some, some Muslims and talks to them about terrorism, and then they arrest them. I mean, yep. I don't know the specifics on the case, but, uh, you know, they, they might have said, yeah, 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 or whatever, and, right. then, and then they get arrested. So, uh, you know, I don't know. If... if I'm not completely convinced that there's no time that one wouldn't uh, protect oneself from an encroaching government. However, um, this this whole organizing and getting together in order to blow things up or kill uh, people or something like that, there's no reason for that in particular. Hey, if you want to off a few politicians, there's nothing stopping you from offing, offing these politicians. You don't need to talk to me about it. Well, I, I would not suggest that uh, people go about doing things like that. I wouldn't even well, suggest I, I suggest, it. suggest they don't talk to me about it, that's for sure. But wouldn't kinda, you agree? But I kind of like them would, shouting them down. Well, I would like to suggest that they not even consider that as an option. To, uh, to It's not going to achieve anything. If you if you bump off a politician, he'll just be replaced by, by, another... by somebody else. They'll appoint mm. one of their buddies in, and then they'll have another election, and some other scumbag will, uh, will take the office. There's, there's no long... This, violence is not a long-term solution for freedom. It's not even a short-term solution. 
protection uh, for freedom. It just causes more problems. So I would say that anybody that is agitating for violence that is near you personally should have themselves talked to by more than one person and let them know that you don't appreciate that kind of behavior, that you don't appreciate that kind of rhetoric, that kind of uh, discussion. You don't even want to be on that, that same page with that person and that, you know, you, uh, you hope to not ever hear them saying those things again. And if they continue, then I think that's the appropriate time to just cut your ties with that, that guy and say, look, you know, we don't want you here anymore. If you're going to be talking about that stuff, please go away. Because that's the only thing you can do to these folks. Get them out of get them out of your group. If they're working for some government agency, they're not going to stop talking like that. I mean, that's what they did when they went right. into the Quakers. You know, for God's sake. Jeez. I mean, these are these How'd are people that, that have centuries of nonviolence behind them. But the FBI's got plants in there talking to the Quakers about violence. So Nonsense. As, as I'm saying, beware and keep yourself peaceful. Because if you want peace in the future, you're going to have to exemplify that today. More on the way. You take control. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop at amazon.freetalklive.com. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest Internet retailer. Dozens of categories in which you can shop, including used items. So if you need to save a few extra bucks, you can do that at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And when you enter through that link, a percentage of your purchase at no extra cost to you goes to Free Talk Live. So it's built, it's regular Amazon prices. They just build in a certain referral percentage. And if you go through their normal site, they get all the profits. And if you go through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, we get a percent. So do that. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Dave in Nevada. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, uh, it's funny. I'm having a chat session on the computer with a coworker about kind of liberty stuff. But uh, last night you were uh, talking about uh, the cash for clunkers. Now the government really wasn't paying up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was last night on the podcast. Um, but I... Uh, back when I lived in California, um, I was a product specialist for production sound equipment. Um, you know, we would sell rent and service audio equipment for guys, the sound guys on TV and films. Okay. And oftentimes I would get um, an email from the government wanting a bid for equipment. And um, usually when I would get an email from anybody requesting a bid, it's like, hey, I want a quote for this gear. And uh but from the government it's not that simple. Their their email had an attachment, a PDF that was like ten pages long of their terms and what? that I had to agree to as the seller. And it wasn't like you their know, terms you just will... wait, 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 hold on. Their terms just to get a quote from you? A quote and then the terms of the sale. I see. So I had to I had to give them a bid. I couldn't not give, according to their email. And <laughs> at that point, yeah, and at that point, wow. I wasn't where I am now, like, liberty-wise. I was more of a Republican. This was probably five or six years ago. So, so, so basically, they said, you're obligated to do business with us. 
should they choose to do business yeah. with you? That's crazy. If, you know, if they're if they're sending out a bid to twenty companies, and and e- even then though, I, when I wasn't as liberty oriented as I am now, I was like, screw that, I'm I'm not, you know, I, so I don't want to <laughs> deal with them. So, but you know, I would read the terms of their con their so called contract, mm-hmm. and there were things like you know you must deliver the equipment within you know a certain amount of days from the purchase order. And the government is on net 90-day terms or net 120, which means they either have 90 days or 120 days to pay. Right, you, meaning you send the product out the door and then they get to just sit on it for four months. Well, they're probably, um, for the government, they're probably uh, working at a breakneck speed for them to actually get that, that check paid. I mean, they are the only organization that can take that long to, to, to do something. And they also, believe that they're working at the, at the, the top of what they're able to do. Yeah. What well, was their basis for telling you you had to do this? Um, it didn't say that I. It didn't say why I had to send them a bid. It just said I had to send them a bid. It said you are required by the federal government to blah 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 blah. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? Screw you guys. Okay, so they they list the equipment, and I look at it, and it's like, okay, this is roughly three hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. So, um, and, and they would itemize it, be a bunch of stuff. So rather than List it. Spend the time listing everything out in the quote, like I would do for a real customer. I would their 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 bids would always have a reference number. So in my quote, I would put bid reference number whatever uh, for audio equipment, and then I would just put a price of like something stupid, like one million dollars or two million dollars, knowing I would never get it. Right. But um, just to because so, I didn't know what would happen if I didn't send it. So, so they didn't um, they didn't make that nothing. clear in their paperwork. They didn't make a, a an explicit threat against you. Nope. Hmm. Of course not. They want to be ambiguous. So they, I was they're like, the only organization that could come into a business and say you not only have to do business with us, but you'll also be doing business with us not by your terms, because normally when you go into a business. They already have their policies, you know, oh, well, the return policy is 30 days or 90 days, you need to have a receipt, etc., etc., and by buying something from that business, you're agreeing to their uh, to their policies. I suppose you could come in and try to negotiate a different policy, but odds are good they're not going to, uh, to, to break on their policy just for you. But when the government comes in, they say, oh, well, here are our terms. Oh, you normally have people pay within 30 days? We'll be paying within 120 days. I mean, it's set, it just, I'm sure it's just, as you said, a 10-page agreement just to do business with these people. I don't have a problem with uh, you know, a buyer deciding that these are the terms at which I will do business. And if that buyer has a lot of clout, I don't have a problem with that. I just the Clout's you know, different from being able to come in and threaten uh, a business owner to do business with you. Right, and I, that's, that's the part about it that, that bothers me, is that the government, if they decide, if you do business with them and they decide that for some reason or another, you've stepped out of line, Mr. Businessman, mm-hmm. and your, your, your profile is then being raised. So you're taking the 30 pieces of silver, but you're coming onto their radar at that point. And, you know, at that, that point, they can decide, well, you've, you've treated, you've handled us, handled us in, in unfair fashion, and we will come after you. They don't have to go and hire a lawyer like the re- a regular business does, and they yep. don't have to, to go through the expense and the time and the energy in the same way. They're the government. It's their job to waste time. They're the government. They have a bunch of free money that they've stolen from uh, other people. So uh, doing business with them is, is, it seems like it would be a bad, bad idea. So, Dave, yeah, other it, parts of the story to share? Um, well, just that, you know, like I had 
before I was getting this stuff from the federal government, when I first started in sales at this company, I um, got a bid from the state government of California, and I was the eager salesman. And I was like, ooh, ooh you know, here's a $10,000 sale. I've only been here a month. This is yeah. great. So I did it, and they didn't have a long contract. But it, it getting the money from them was like pulling teeth. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, net 30-day terms, okay, that's no big deal. That's, that's pretty typical of, of other companies that we would deal with. But, you know, 30 days go by, no money comes in. You know, I, tr- I call the person that sent the, the bid request, and they, oh, you got to talk to this person. I call that person. It's typical. Oh, no, you got to talk to this person. Oh, no, you got to talk to this person. Right, and if and the government like, doesn't pay in the third, I mean, if they say they're net 30 and they don't pay in the 30 days, what do you do? I mean, are they going to pay the late fee? What if they just decided not pay your late fee? So, what are you going to do? Take them to their own courts? I suppose you right. might be able to win a case like that, but then oh, you're paying God. for a lawyer and you're going through all that. and It's all the work to get it. Yeah. What it's a nightmare. It sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So after that, it's like, no, I'm not dealing with the federal government, and I, I recommend people do not deal with them for any sort of business whatsoever. Well, I wonder what would happen to somebody who said, oh, I'm sorry, I have no... Uh, who are you again? Federal who? Oh, I don't have any obligation to do business with you. And if I do, you're certainly free to prove that I do. And if you can prove that I have obligation without pulling a gun on me, then, you know, I'll uh, consider it. I'll I'll take care of it then. But there is no obligation to do business with them unless you could suggest that perhaps the corporation, when you form the corporation, that you agreed to whatever terms they wanted to put on your corporation. I suppose you could come at it from that aspect, but still an outrageous story. And I thank you for sharing it, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you and would love to hear from a business owner. Thank you, sir. Would love to hear from a business owner that has actually refused to do business with the feds. Let's go to a different Dave. This one is in Florida. Dave, you're on the amp line. Hello there. Yeah, I'd like to go back to the topic you were talking about before and break up the uh, nonviolent love fest you have going on there in the show um, and call Mark out as a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. On the one hand, um, I I know Mark can handle it. He's got thick skin. Um, On the one hand, he is in favor of a small government. So he thinks that some violence should be used against some people, regardless of whether they have a they agree to it or not. And on the other hand, he says that uh, violence against people is wrong. Well, Dave, well, um, do, why do you think that people who believe um, in small government believe in small government? Because they think violence is inevitable. Right. So they, they believe that um, violence is inevitable, so they want uh, to have, a less, have less violence. Would you say that in a world where there is no government that there would be no violence? Absolutely not. So there you you. go. You you are supporting violence because you want no government, for God's sakes. I mean, that's all you're accusing me of. All you're doing. All you're doing is uh, proposing a system that you believe would have less violence, the same as I am. I don't feel called Um, out. Right. Right. Well, actually, I don't think necessarily there would be less violence. I just think that um, people would be forced to be responsible for their own level of violence. I want people to be responsible for the level of violence that they they commit. Absolutely. But but the government won't be responsible. Your your small government won't be responsible, and that is a difference between uh, what you're proposing and what a a, a no-government voluntarist would propose. You're proposing. I believe the government agents should not be sovereign from uh, from you know uh, inside their duties. But you're still saying they should should be initiating force on people. All right, thank you, dude. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the second hour of the program. You, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. All right, so we continue here. We will take your calls about anything last hour, the very last call we had taken. I uh, rehashed the uh, age-old debate on this show about voluntarism versus a small, very limited government. And, Mark, you'd, you'd made a comparison suggesting that uh, both – and I don't remember exactly what you had said, but it was something to the effect of, well, you know, we're both advocating – we both are admitting that there would be violence – in in our systems, like you know, a voluntary society doesn't mean violence goes away completely. Sure, it's not it's utopia, ju- right? It just isn't institutionalized. That's the difference. Uh, the, the the difference between the voluntary society and the small government world is the small government world says, well, violence is okay. We need uh, violence in order to achieve a a peaceful, a relatively peaceful uh, community. So we're just going to institutionalize the violence and ex- uh, extract v- money uh, on a uh, threatening, violent basis from everybody within a certain geographic region. Well, I think that people want to have stability is is an important part of what they're looking for in their lives. They want to know, um, you know, what they're going to get out of the violent people because the the thugs, uh, the um, the 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 gang. Gangsters who might very well be extracting money from people in this world with no government. We don't know. We haven't seen one. I have seen worlds with, um, you know, places with less government where gangs do rule. And so they don't want to see a situation where the gangsters come in and say, you know, today we're going to get double what we were getting yesterday. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that can't happen with governments. It certainly happens all can. the time. They raise taxes. They do raise taxes. But at least you have some kind of warning. They have this this whole it, it has this appearance. Of I understand. Mark, you're, you're defending the violence because it's uh, stable violence. You're saying that, well, it's Are somewhat predictable violence. Are you defending unstable violence? No, I'm not defending you, you, anything. You, you, I'm, in, a, in a world where there wasn't um, you know, the big gang that had the more stable violence, the little gangs with the less stable violence might be able to crop up, right? Uh, what I'm telling you, Mark, is that in a voluntary society... Of course you won't answer that freaking question. See, this is what I get every single time we talk about no, this No, I've crap. answered your question it's, over and over again. And I've explained to you that in the marketplace, people get what they're looking for because people are in search of a profit will provide it to them. And so if people are looking for stability, 
and people are looking for safety, then the people in the marketplace will provide those products to them on a voluntary basis where they'll know what they're paying for those protection services. They'll know what they're expecting to get out of those protection services, as opposed to what we have today, Mark, where you know what you're paying for the government. I understand that Probably next year, unless taxes raise dramatically, I'll pay around $5,500 uh, to live in this particular uh, region of New Hampshire. But what I don't know is what I'm going to get for that money. I don't under- what I don't know is whether or not the government people that are sworn to protect uh, will actually do any of that supposed sworn protecting. Because we know from example after example on this program, and it says it right in the local police department's own statement of mission or whatever the hell it is they've got up on their wall and on their website, it says they use discretion. They have the ability to use discretion. The Supreme Court has said they have no obligation, no police department, and no government agency at all has an obligation to provide you with any uh, sort of services. So I understand there is violence, and I understand that it's somewhat predictable as far as the amount of money they're going to demand from me every single year, uh, but, but there's nothing that comes in return for that that's guaranteed. Nothing whatsoever. So there's no real comfort there for me. And besides that, even if there was some sort of guaranteed return on the uh, the investment, so to speak, if there was some guaranteed service that I could get in return for it, I still wouldn't appreciate being threatened. That's all I'm saying. All we need to do, Mark, is move from having this gang called the government with the institutionalized violence factor, move away from that institutionalized violence. Figure out a way to fund yourself on a voluntary basis. Many of these folks are very nice people on an individual person. I was just walking down the street the other day, and I Ian, ran I, into I, the wait, city wait, before manager. Before you go on with your your your, uh, your story here yeah. um, about the, the nice city manager and everything, I understand what you're saying, and I'm all for your voluntary society. You should no, go not. do your voluntary society wherever you're for you institutionalized want to do violence. I want you to have that opportunity. What I don't understand is why the anarchists have to bug the libertarians. I mean, why do they have to go after them? Go go talk to some Why are you letting them get to you? Why are you letting them get to you? Why why do they do it all the time? Because I um, understand what it's like to be the the small government guy who's gone after by the no government people. Um, That's that's my experience. If you look at the real political spectrum, which is totalitarianism versus anarchy, and you realize that both the small government people and the anarchists are moving in the anarchist direction, which we need to go into because government's way too big. I just heard the other day, now we work until August 1st to pay all of our taxes. That direction, even if you got to small, minimal, minimal, minimal government, that's still better than what we've got now, way better. Oh, I understand so, so that. I, sometimes, it's just the that whenever sniping, s- sometimes the sniping between the two is very counterproductive. I well, concur. Well, look, Mark, he, he loves to complain when somebody calls in to make what is a very important point to make, and that is that people who are in the minarchist camp are in favor of institutionalized violence. But we and just it needs want our be... violence institutionalized. You're it in favor needs... of violence, right? No, You're I am not in favor of violence. Uh, that is going to have violence, and you admitted it. No, sir. That does not Your mean I'm in favor. That does not mean I'm in favor of violence, and that's the difference between me and you. You accept the institutionalization. Uh, I accept the reality of violence. No, sir. I didn't say I didn't I want to minimize it. You don't care where it goes. You okay. want to inst- keep it institutionalized, and it you doesn't said matter so to you. Yourself, you don't care if the world, um, if the, you know the 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 age of popul- the age of the population drops, the birth rates, uh, you know, plummet. Uh, you know, if the disease wipes out the earth, as long as there's liberty, because you won't advocate for violence against your neighbor. You've said because yourself, violence helps eradicate disease, and violence helps with all those problems, right, Mark? Um, violence helps. Violence is good. We should institute. 
institutionalized violence. This is your problem. This is why people keep picking on you because you're advocating that you're hurting people. You're advocating people get hurt I in order to have your ideal society. Yes, you're because if one, you don't go you're along, the one who's what'll happen to me, quote, Mark, if I don't pay your property taxes in your minarchist society? Look, man. Um, what are you going to do to me? Maybe what we can property- create a, sister, a situation where they just wall you off and you don't have to pay. What if your property taxes were $100 a year instead of five or 6000 Right. Then your nutty little system, nobody would care about it. If it nobody was just $100 a year, you. why do you have to extract money by force? Why can't you just do it voluntarily, Mark? I mean, if you've gotten it down to $100 a year, wh- why is your product so great? Why is your service so great that you get to threaten people over it? That's why people are upset about what you say, because you're on the air every single night here talking about uh, uh, violence. You're talking about advocating violence against peaceful people. And that's why people are pissed about you. the least amount of violence, man. That's all. Well, you're not advocating that. Yes, you're I advocating am. for institutionalized violence you against everyone in a, ge- a geographic region. I, I am not advocating for that. I'm advocating what you, are you to advocating? do what you want to do. Please, Great. have your little free market world, we will. man. That's fine. It, it doesn't matter to me. I want you to do that. Go, I want you to try that out. I just don't want to be there for just it. Just don't pretend like you aren't in support of violence. I'm, look, man, so are you. No, sir, this I am not. This is the point Give that it, I'm prove, trying to prove make. It. Prove it. I have said Institute, so. You said I'm in, you don't care whether or no. not, um, it, you know, that does the, not the world prove plummets that I'm in favor. into the dark no, ages that as prove, long as there's liberty. To no. me, that says you don't give a flip about society in general. That guys, doesn't prove anything. That does not prove what you said, that I support violence. I don't support the initiation of force, and you do. Well, you know, guys, what if, what if all 50 states or half the states seceded? Now, they would all decide on what form of government or lack of thereof would be ideal for them. And you would probably have some states that had almost nothing and would be more voluntarist. And then you'd have others that would be more small government, maybe some that would be big government. And we'd all see what would work. I'm all in favor of that, Wayne. And then you'd have the choice, too. That's, well, I, that's what the whole idea of the United States of, of America was. It was. It didn't end up that way, but no. that, that was the idea. And I'm, I'm all in favor of it. And I wouldn't say that a small government is, uh, isn't preferable to what we have today. I just don't, you know, don't pretend like you aren't supporting the institutionalization of force, Mark, because you are, and I'm not. I don't uh, support Ian, I just uh, don't violence used against anymore, peaceful man. people. I, I know it's you don't, Mark, because it's uncomfortable. You know, it's not pointless, because people that are in your position need to understand that the position they hold, the small government position, as wonderful as it sounds, the people in the your position, position they need to understand that they don't give a crap about society, they don't give a crap about technological innovation, they don't care about whether people live or die. That's right. They don't we care need about violence crap for society, as long as violence for technological innovation, violence, violence, Look, violence. Mark, why, why don't we get to that utilitar- point? You need, some things need to work. Why don't we get to that point before we have this discussion? That absolutely because initiating makes force makes things work, uh. right, Mark? No, this this discussion will go on forever. Of course it More will. On the because way, you'll never get what you want. Because you'll always uh, support violence until you finally not decide not to. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Nuts. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Live streams are included, broadband, dial-up, and webcam versions of the show. They're all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. RepublicMagazine.tv. Are you missing the real news? Get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. Get your free digital copy now or order a print subscription at RepublicMagazine.tv. 
Um, that's republicmagazine.tv, and some of the articles in this month's issue are Ron Paul, Pillar in the Storm, Enemies of the State, Con- Continental Congress 2009, or Alter or Abolish the Rights of the People. It's republicmagazine.tv. We go to your phone calls about whatever you want. Ladies first, Lauren is listening to WAIS in Ohio. Lauren, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, a couple of things. You guys are talking about some interesting stuff. You know, the real paradigm, it's truth and lie. That, what is real and what is appears to be real, you see? I don't. And, Can you explain that a little better? Well, I mean, what we've got going on here, you've got a government of men, okay? Now, a government of men can't decide to just rule over a bunch of other men. Well, they think they can. No, no, no. And my point is, but men fear men. They don't fear God. If they feared God, they wouldn't be willing to obey men as they led them to destruction. Give me your money so I can dumb down your kids and kill them in wars and here have a vaccine. Makes full sense. of mercury and aluminum and dead baby. I mean, you know, it, it's crazy what we're doing, but we're doing it to ourselves. It, 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 I agree. It's totally insane. But what's the answer? Well, the answer is, first off, obey God. Have no other gods before me. That means, you know, you don't fear men. Don't fear what, what, what men can do to your body. Fear what the God that created you can do to your body and your soul. And the thing is, we're so much more than what, you know, we've been, we've been brainwashed in these schools. I mean, the schools are the problem. You've got systems where you've got mass indoctrination possible. If people did their job and raise their children. You know, mom and dad are the only jobs that I know that you don't have to be there to call yourself the job. Yeah, we do You know do what that. I mean? Yeah. Y- y- you're not there. You don't even see that child. They get up, they leave at 8 o'clock. You don't see them until they come back at 6. You wave at them for dinner. They're doing homework on a bunch of nonsense. It's not even real. You know, school isn't even school. These children are, you know, bless their souls, but they're, they're being destroyed, and it's our fault we're standing here letting them. Anyway, yeah, the other thing I agree is completely. on anarchy... Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I agree, I agree completely with you that it's the it's the individual's fault that we uh, that we're where we're at today. Uh, That's if right. people weren't so damned obedient to these other men, as you're saying, then the the other men wouldn't have gotten this far. Well, I call it dominionomics, and in the in the end, you know, even if you're not a a Christian or any faith and or I, whatever, I even I if you're an atheist, that. you know that men didn't make you. You know what I mean? If if we're free, freedom is the right to do what you want without coercion right without compulsion and who are these people standing next to you deciding how you're going to exercise your existence in this flesh i mean get out of here what is this they're just other people they're just other people that's the point and then the other thing is with the anarchy there's no really such thing as anarchy there's laws god makes laws gravity they don't change and they can't be created by men that's a law men they make rules codes regulations and statutes and they apply to those people who decide of their own free will to step down from their kingdoms, from their free, pers- their free manhood, to become this minor government official, this ward of the state. Oh, take care of my retirement, uh, Social Security, and oh, go ahead and, you know, you take care of my, you know, you, you educate my child, and you, you know, we basically don't run or do any of our own lives anymore. But um, the one that creates is the one that controls, and God is the one that created men. He never gave men dominion over other men. And even if you're not a Christian, again, even if you're an atheist, you know men didn't make you. And so this is what we've got to really get to. I I want you to take a look at the 14th Amendment. It says all persons born or naturalized in in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That's because there are people who are not subject to the jurisdiction thereof. If you look at the, the Constitution, it's a body of negative law 
to limit the government servants, the maid and the butler, from doing things to the people that they ought not be doing. It's not right, but as we all know, and, and that's all that's true. But as we all know, it yeah, hasn't the maid limited. The butler took over um, right. quite some time. Ago, it hasn't yeah. limited well, right, anything, but, whose but it's fault be- is that? right. It's because people allowed it to happen. Well, there you go. And yeah. so here's the quick fix. First off, fear God, not men. Obey God. Do what He says to do. It's ten simple commandments. Even if you're not Christian or whatever faith you are, there's nothing bad about not stealing, not murdering, not coveting people's stuff. Let's go over to Iraq and kill these people and take their stuff and. To act like we're protecting, it's disgraceful. We need to face the truth, okay, because we're not thinking logically anymore. We can't think and we can't respect the truth even as it sits before us. That's where the power is. Respect the truth and then um, stop giving these people your money, your obeisance, and access to your children. Thank you for you know, that, Lauren. The whole, think about how much money your state is spending. I'm in Ohio. Mm-hmm. They spend half of a $50 billion budget on education, and yet 50% of these kids are going into the colleges taking remedial math in English. Well, yep. I hope that people take some of your advice uh, and stop. I certainly, I, I specifically agree with you not obeying these men and not uh, not going along with their demands anymore. But we need to get people together in the same, I think, geographic area who will also uh, go along with that plan. Because if you just do it where you are, they will crush you. Uh, but if you do it when you're together with other people of like mind, then your chances increase. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate the input. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We go to Erod in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Erod. Erod, you are on the air. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, hey. I just want to take you back to last night. You had a telephone call from Alex in New Jersey. Yes, sir. He was asking about whether or not he should go to college, uh, considering his dad was demanding that in order to to get his to get him to pay for the young man's college, he would have to sign up for the selective service, and it right, was that's, tough choice. Right, that's correct. And I don't want to talk all, all about that. But what I do want to talk about is something that really disturbed me, is that when he said that, um, well, if he signs up for the selective service, and then he's not going to talk to his father anymore. Now, has a father who has a son, 18, who, in fact, just past weekend, I got them all set up in school and all that kind of stuff, the whole college thing. Believe me, it's a really a stressful situation. But, you know, it really ticked me off when I heard that from this guy, is that because it just seems so incredibly ungrateful. I mean, like, for, for example, I mean, here you got, it, what it sounds like to me is, is that Alex's father genuinely and actually is concerned about his well-being and his future. He, he mentioned about the civil disobedience and, and these kind of things. He doesn't want him involved in that. And, you know, I'm asking myself as a father of an 18-year-old, well, what's wrong with that? Now, I understand, please believe me, I'm not a lover of the state and all that, but the man, here's the difference here, the man loves his son. That's what well, I'm I know doing. what's wrong and, with it. But, but Ian, you see, and, and, and I'm a little ticked off with you as well. Well, well hold off on that. You, you can pick your bone with me. Erod, you can pick your bone with me in a moment, but, uh, okay. but I think I can see what's wrong with it. It's he's not loving his son for who he wants to be. He's loving his son for what his uh, what the father's vision of the son should be, not what his son Alex's vision of what he should be is. And Alex has uh, has discovered that liberty is important to him, that standing up for freedom is important to him. And his dad is saying, "Well, I want you to be safe, and safety is more important than freedom. So you should do what I want you to do." And that's where he's coming from. I know you've got more, Erod. Hang on, we'll bring it back here. Eight hundred two five nine. 9231, but I didn't suggest that Alex cut ties with his dad. I didn't suggest that at all. 
Um, so we'll see what his bone is that he wants to pick with me here in moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think he could show his love for his son by expressing concern, but at the same time also uh, supporting him in his decisions. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want. It's 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it is Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those, including our Facebook profile at facebook.freetalklive.com. You can become a fan at facebook.freetalklive.com. Now, do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. It's right at the top of our banner column there, freetalklive.com for SACL CAI's banner. All right, we go back to Erod in Georgia talking about a discussion we'd had last night with Alex. Mark, you weren't privy to that portion of the show. You were out for the first couple hours. But uh, basically it was um, about what what Alex should do. He was asking us for some input as to how he should handle the situation where his dad was threatening to essentially withhold any sort of college funding unless he goes ahead and bows down to the federal government and registers for the draft uh, via the Selective Service. And you were saying, Erod, that you know that's just showing that his dad cares about him. He doesn't want uh, bad things absolutely. to happen to him. And I think that's true. Of, no, I think a- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you know and and again you know this is I think this, this is real personal you know with me because again I have an 18 year old you know and we bump heads you know we've got we've, we've got issues but I realize he's 18 years old and and I guess it, with my with my problem the way you handle it and and as a matter of fact Alex has called before I've heard him lots of times before it seems as though you're kind of painting his father to be this big authoritarian thug this 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 monster when he's not again it sounds like this is a a guy who really really cares about his son now if Alex calls in and says you know what my father's beating the crap out of me and this and that well that's a different story but here you got a guy who's willing to pay for his college you know the kids college and I mean he's he's under his roof and and it's and, and you're not really you don't tell this kid that hey man you ought to be grateful. This is a man who actually seems to love you, you know. This man is going to take a bullet for you. If you don't believe me, ask Wayne, ask Mark. Wayne, Mark, are you, would you take a bullet for your kid? I, I already know the answer. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 right. And, 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 and you make it seem as though this guy is some ogre or something, you know. And but he's, he's an angry statist. I've heard Alex tell us uh, on the air over lots of time that he's had to, attempted to have uh, conversations with his dad about issues that are concerning Alex that he, you know, finds important. And his dad dismisses him and is, uh, is rude. And, he, I mean, he, he mentioned last night he called uh, one of the activists here in New Hampshire that have recently received some, uh, received some attention on the national media for carrying a, a gun openly at an Obama event. He called him an a-hole uh yeah. so he's not you know he's not listening to what alex has to say he doesn't really you know seem to uh to to be paying close attention to what it is he's been trying to communicate to his father so just because his his dad loves him doesn't make him the best 
uh, best father in the world, but I never advocated that Alec cut ties with him. I never, you know, I never suggested that. But, 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 you know, I never hear you say anything. Hey, look, Alex, you know what? It seems like your father's a real good guy. You know, I mean, he really cares for you. doesn't seem like he's a good guy. And you know what? And and, and, and in the grand scheme of things, you know, after all, you know, a a good father is going to be there for his children no matter what, you know? And... Well, then wait a minute. By that definition, then, uh, then this may not be a good father because this father is threatening to pull his fatherliness away from Alex if Alex doesn't bow down to the man. No. And I, I don't think I don't consider that being a good father. No, I think it, that's it, part it, it, of it, it, hold on a second, Erod. I think okay. that's part of what Lauren was saying earlier. We had on the phone from Ohio about this is this is part of the core as to why this country is the way it is today. It's because of parents like Alex's dad who encourage obedience, who encourage uh, going along to get along, who encourage keeping your head under the water who encourage not standing up for yourself and encourage just going along with whatever the bureaucrats demand of you. It's that attitude that has gotten us to where we are today, and I think it's a big problem. I'm not saying he doesn't love his son. He does love his son. He's expressing his love for his son by saying, son, I want you to stay safe. I don't want you to take any risks when it comes to these government people. He's acknowledging that he knows the government is violent and dangerous, and he doesn't want his his son uh, to be targeted in that way, and I understand that, but that's a problem. Well, in let's, my let's also point out that, that in this particular case that uh, he wants his son to sign up for selective service, which is one I would assume an organization that's there to be clicked on for whenever they bring the draft back, which means that his son could be the first in line to catch one of those really hard bullets. Well, now, to be fair to his dad on this one, Mark, uh, part of the conversation that you weren't privy to is that apparently his dad is going through, oh gosh, Sally May, I believe it was, uh, going through one of those federal government semi-private loan companies uh-huh. to get the college loan, and the uh, the selective service apparently knows this, right, because so, they're tied in with a database, and so they sent him a postcard, they sent uh, Alex a postcard saying, well, we know you're looking for funding, so if you don't fill this out, we'll have it denied, which is true. They can have any sort of federal funding pulled uh, for anyone who doesn't fill out the selective service form. So, so what's the problem? If Alex doesn't want to um, sign up for selective service, he doesn't get the money from his dad. And, and he doesn't go to, he doesn't go to college. Simple right. Well, he doesn't scenario. go to college right there and then, but there are other ways to go to college. Please, college is not the end-all, be-all. Oh no, I understand that. I'm sure Alex understands that, but it sure is nice to have somebody else pay for, uh, you know, pay for sure it for it you. And so Alex's choice, I think, and I think, you know, if he wants to go to college now, then the choice is to go ahead and sign up for the selective service. As we pointed out last night, just because you sign up doesn't mean you have to actually obey them when the, the time comes to go to the draft, no. right? I've put, signed up for the selective service, and I'm not going anywhere if put, I get drafted. Put under duress on the card if it'll make you feel better. All, all rights reserved under duress. That way, you know they know that you don't. You're not consenting uh, to their process. So, uh, Erod, go ahead with your uh, continue your well, thoughts. All, you all I'm saying is, guys, is that listen. You know, this guy's father is not his enemy. Okay, and also you got to realize that he's 18 years old. And I hate to play the age card, you know, but. Come on, you know, he's 18 years old, you know, he sounds like a yeah, fairly intelligent guy. Nevertheless, he's 18 years old, and by, even by that statement that he said, well, I'm not going to talk to my father anymore, well, that's, to me, it's a, kind of a sign of immaturity, in my opinion. But I can recall, as I got older, I had to apologize to my parents, you know, for all the things that I've done, you know, and because, again, you know, it, I, I guess everybody goes to this rebellion stage at some point in time, but all, I, all I'm saying is, is that, you know, you, you, you've got, I, I guess you have, a, a, I don't know, you're, you're the audience, so you've got a lot of young callers calling in. I don't want this, them to think that their parents are your enemies. 
Your parents love you. Well, it depends. You, know, no, no. <laughs> I, well, you, that you can't just paint people with a broad brush like that. And I'm not they, saying that Alex hey, right, is... Um, here's what my definition of evil is. And this is just something I'm working on. Okay. Is, uh, people, bad people want good things for themselves. Thieves don't want stuff stolen from them. Killers don't want to be killed. However, um, when you take bad and couple it with the road to, uh, you know, the, the, the belief that what you're doing is right. So bowing down to the government, I think in, in the instance of signing a civil service, uh, you know, signing up for the, 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 the selective service is a bad thing. It's a very small bad thing, but a bad thing nonetheless. And then coupling it with this, this uh, the belief that what you're doing is the right thing, that's actually what makes something evil, is when you, you do something bad and believe it's you're doing the right thing. So, I, you know, I, I feel Alex has to do what he has to do in this circumstance. Um, and I've, you know, I, his, his dad's going to try to jam it down his throat. His dad is being just as overbearing as Alex is, and you're suggesting that Alex, because he's 18, ought to bend over and kiss his dad's butt, whereas no, I say all, no, his no, dad no. ought to. No, what, the point that I'm trying to make is, again, once again, I've got an 18-year-old, too. We mm -hmm. bump heads, and I, I guess I'm, I want to speak to him. Man, I love you. I'm not trying to, to destroy your life. I'm looking at, I'm trying to look after your best interest. Sure, sure. And, and I think that's what his father is doing, too. But then it seems as though it's like, well, he's the evil dad, you know. It's, well, you know, but the and, thing and, and is, you, you can't just paint everybody with that broad brush and say, oh, your parents, all parents love their kids. Just because parents beat their kids, I understand you, you brought up parents that beat their kids. Obviously, that's not a showing a sign of love or appreciation no. at all. But the parent that's beating their kid may say something very similar as you said like i'm doing this because i love you or i'm doing this you know because it's the what's best for you or i think this is what you should have to uh you know th this is uh, appropriate for you in your circumstances but what's what i'm trying to say is alex has decided that his circumstances are different from what his dad has decided are appropriate for him and his dad's not respecting that and his dad doesn't have to his dad doesn't have to respect that but if his dad doesn't want to respect what alex wants then why should alex continue respecting him well, my, my last thought is, uh, you know, if Alex is listening, it sounds like... Make it a moment. Hang on, Erod. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. The bulletin board system is included. Free Talk Live's BBS has over 450,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots to talk about there. Serious issues, fun stuff, all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls. Erod is still on the line with us here talking about fatherly and parental relations with uh, teenage sons, daughters. Erod, you're, uh, you wanted to get some final thoughts out, so go ahead. Well, yeah, and, and by the way, you know, when you're 18 years old, you, you know, again, I don't want to play, I don't play the age card, though, but with age, though, comes wisdom, which is something that you can only be achieved, you know, just, I guess, through time. And, you know, oftentimes, I, you know, I, I even hear my own son, he gets to that point in time where, well, he knows it all. And, and that's basically when I heard Alex, you know, yes, and I've heard him before, you know, he, he sounds like the quintessential, well, I'm the little know-it-all 18-year-old. All right, all right. I'm going to stop you, know, you there, Erod, and we're going to bring Alex on the line because he is okay. with us here from New Jersey. Right. Alex, you're on with Erod. Hey, Alex. Hey, Alex, uh, you know what sure. I want to tell you is that, you know, I, I, I know you think you probably got it all figured out, you know, that you, you know what you're doing, you know where you want to go in life. But let me tell you, as a father of an 18-year-old, 
I love my son, and it sounds like, I don't know your father, I don't know anything about your situation, but it really, really sounds like your father really cares about you and loves you. He's not your enemy. And let me tell you something else. If something should happen to you, like, for example, if you should die in a car accident, you know, you probably, you know, look up to Ian. You probably respect what he does on the radio. But let me tell you something. Ian probably will, will say the next day, if he hears about it, he's going to say, wow, that, that Alex died. Bummer. But you know what your father's <laughs> going to do? He's going to have a hole in his heart, and it's going to ache. All right. All right. Let him respond to this here, Erod. Alex, go I, I ahead. Don't, I don't doubt that my dad loves me very much. Uh, okay. I just think that he's intolerant of uh, many of my beliefs. Uh, a couple points to clarify is that I do respect that he's paying for college uh, in, in that I understand that I could be paying for it by myself, and not many other parents would do that for their okay. kids. Uh, I do respect that I'm not entitled to anything from him. I'm not entitled to live in the house. He could kick me out, and that's just fine because I respect private property rights. I think, though, that you can be, uh, uh, you can love somebody too much. Uh, there's an old proverb that uh, we used when I was in martial arts, and that's, uh, if you want to hold a dove, uh, you can't squeeze it too hard, because if you squeeze it too hard, you're going to kill it. But you don't want to be too loose so that it flies away. You got to find that medium. And unfortunately, I feel like uh, I, I don't want to. I don't. I, I, th- I hate to say this, but I think he loves me too much, in that he's uh, he's trying to protect me uh, from things that he he, see, he sees as uh, dangerous, such as civil disobedience. And I think that that's something that needs to like he needs to loosen up a bit on. It, does that make sense? Uh- Alex, you're a lucky guy, believe me, you know, if you have a father who loves you. And you know what? I've had to, on, as far as civil disobedience and getting in trouble with the police, I mean, there's been times where I had to cower down in front of my entire family, in front of the police. Why? For my son's sake. Because when I was in the right, and I could have came up and I could, and I could have said something to these police, I have to keep my mouth shut. Why? Because I don't want the police. I don't want to show, I was trying to show him a lesson. I don't want the police to grab my son and crack his head up against the sidewalk and beat the crap out of him, which, you know, if I did what I wanted to do, that's what's going to happen. And just all I'm trying to tell you, Alex, is that your father sounds like he's not an ogre. Okay. Hey, Rod, thank you so much for the thank you for the call tonight. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, Alex, any final thoughts? Uh, no, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I want to continue this discussion, uh, and you know, of course you can call in and, and bring up whatever you want, but I was talking with Julia during the break, and she's obviously not a guest hosting tonight. Wayne is here with us, but I'm sure if she were here right now, uh, this call would have set her off. Because her relationship with her father is at this point non-existent. Uh, she has broken all bonds with him. She has broken all contact with him. She is not interested in talking to him. She does not want to hear from him. He called her once at work, which, you know, is a real desperate move. So he calls her once at work because he knows where she works. He doesn't know her, her regular cell phone number or anything like that. So he tracked her down. And, uh, you know, she, didn't wanna ha- she did not want to have words with this. She doesn't even want to talk to this guy. That's how bad it is between her and her father. Did he ever raise a hand to her? No, not to my knowledge. So he wasn't a violent dad. I think everybody would agree that violent dads, bad. Violent parents, definitely bad. Should not feel any sort of obligation to any, anyone that's ever uh, struck you, I don't think. 
And uh, but but what she pointed out to me, and she has uh, she's made it clear that her dad's vision for her was very sp- uh, specific. You know, he wanted her. He wanted to live vicariously through her, and he wanted her to go to college, uh, and you know, uh, and continue basically going down a path that he had chosen to go down in his life. He's a a college professor. Uh, that's his business, right? Uh, he's still going to school. He's going in for a master's or whatever the hell is past master's. He's he's in his late fifties and he's still going to school. And she decided that this wasn't the life that she wanted. That she did not want to follow in daddy's footsteps. That she wasn't interested in in this. Now, there's no doubt that dad love her, her, her dad loves her, right? I mean, she's his daughter, and he wants what's best for her. The problem comes in when his vision of what's best clashes with her vision of what's best, and when he won't give way and say, you know what, you're right, Julia, what you want is best, and I've explained to you what I think might be best for you, but ultimately this is your life, you get to choose, and as your dad who does love you, I appreciate that, and I'm glad that you're following your heart. I think that would be something that a loving parent would say to a a child that decided to go in a different direction than what daddy or mommy wanted them to do. But he refused to say that. He continued to hold animosity. He's always been an angry man. Never hit her, but always been a very angry man. He hit the dog, uh, but he never hit her. And so he continued being angry at her because she didn't follow his selected path. And so because of all of his anger and because he just refused to accept her for who she is, she decided she doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. Well, it's the um, the the sort of uh, what what Alex was talking about there. The sort of uh, you know, don't if you love something, you must let it go, and then it'll return to you. And if not, you hunt it down and kill it, or uh, you know, whatever that that <laughs> Hold philosophy. Hold on loosely. Right, that one that that's makes very that's good. the practical way. Because the fact is, a kid who's as headstrong as Alex is, and a young man like um, I, what was the caller's name? I've forgotten. Now. Erod. Erod's uh, son likely is. They're gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do anyway, and all you can do as a parent is love them and support them. Now you, I, I don't recommend you just go and pay for their college if they're deciding no. that they're gonna you know make college that much more expensive for you for, by not uh, you know you signing no up for the s- selective service or anything like that. You right. just the, the simple way to solve that problem is instead of making a big deal about it, say well. I understand that uh, you know. Please understand that I'm not going to pay for college then, and I support right. you and your 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 goals here. And I, I I you know I want the best for you. Just remember that. I think that going to college is the best thing, and you know that's my recommendation. But whatever you do, I support that. Just laying it out. That's what they're going to do anyway, people. Exactly. Just just laying it out there. What you think is best. If they don't support that, if they don't choose as as you as the parent, if they don't choose what you want. As long as what they're choosing isn't incredibly uh, something that's against your belief system, then you should you should support them. That's the the right thing to do. But Julia's dad refused to uh, you know to support her in in her choices and continue to to hold animosity towards her. So why should she continue to owe she she owes him nothing. He doesn't owe her anything either. Well, Erod doesn't owe his son uh, a college education. Alex's dad doesn't owe Alex a college education. You're right, Mark. They can put whatever terms they want on that. And if the kids want to jump through those hoops, then they'll get what they're... Now's when I come running back to um, for Erod's side. The fact is, um, if like I believe, uh, I, my dad was... Uh, I've used the, the term uh, you know, for the, the anal orifice more than one time to describe my dad. And I decided I'm going to... 
I'm going to strive to have a good relationship with my dad at, at, you know, I started at probably age 25 to 30, even though sometimes it can be very difficult and he often says, says things that I just don't like hearing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to strive to have a good relationship with him because I know that at some point he's going to be dead. And I'm never going to be able to have whatever conversation it was that I wanted to have with him. Now, I tried to have those conversations, tried to have them into the most loving way I could, and came to the conclusion I'm never going to change this 70-year-old man with lung cancer. And he died, and I... You know, I didn't change him, but at least I had the opportunity to have those that time with him before he died. But you valued that. Julia doesn't value that with her today. Dad. Today, she might at some Julia's, point. Julia's yeah. what, twenty two, twenty three years old. She's twenty four. She's, she's got a she's got a good long life ahead of her. Now, maybe in that lifetime, that fifty to seventy five years she's got to live, she may choose to you know she may say to herself. You know, I would have liked to have had a different relationship with my father. Maybe she will. Maybe she will. 1-800-259-9231. But I don't know why she would. He's a jerk. 800-259-9231. We're all jerks. Sakel You're a jerk. CAI toll free line. <laughs> no, uh, you, should be, you should associate with people that you want to associate with. You have no obligation to associate with people just because they share bloodline with you. It's There's free no talk live. Hour three's coming up. <laughs> DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Launching right back into your calls. And we go to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I just thought I'd inject some observations into uh, the discussion that you've been having about uh, this young man who wants or uh, is, is confused about is taking his dad's money to, to go to college. And uh, Eli's seeming confusion with how he thought this young man thought his dad was his enemy. It was Erod, not and, Eli, but understandable mistake. Oh well, well, whatever the caller's name was. Yes. Sir. Um. Anyway, it it's it's a it's a it's a really uh, not confusing uh, complex uh, relationship between a father and a son, um, and the, it seems to me that Alex's father really seeks a lot of control over his son. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's right. I've I've raised three children to adulthood. I have a, currently have a 17-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old son. Uh, and by the time they were 18, I felt they were already old enough to make their own decisions. And I would never have held money over their heads or any kind of... Uh, entitlement 
in order to get them to do what I wanted. They needed to make their own choices at that time, and um, all I would, all I could do is advise them if they asked for it and support them in any decision that they made. And I think if you really love your children and you and you uh, brought them up right, that that should be what you feel like you're you're able to do. I don't I don't think it's right to try to force children or anybody to believe as you believe or think as you think or try to to tell them what uh, what to do. I generally agree with what you're saying, but I don't think his dad is in the wrong by putting terms on the college deal. I mean, it's not cheap to send your kids to college, and if your kids aren't doing uh, living their lives in a way that you find appropriate, uh, you certainly aren't obligated to pay for something like that for them, especially as they've you know they have grown up, and this is uh, certainly a bonus. It, uh, it's not required for parents to do something like that. It's not part of the deal. Um, so I see where you're coming from, but I don't think his dad necessarily is in the wrong for having terms attached to the the college agreement. No, I, I I would agree with that too. On the other side of the coin, I'm saying that personally, I wouldn't do that. Oh yeah, and and uh, but his dad shouldn't be surprised if Alex tells him to go, you know, suck a big one, and uh, and, and decides to not talk to him again. He shouldn't be shocked, you know, if, because he is trying to exert a certain level of uh, of influence over him that is is unwanted. Obviously, uh, he shouldn't be upset about that if Alex decides to go well, down that road. Of course, you shouldn't be upset about it. I mean, you you may not. Well, con- stop trying to control people, and then that won't happen. Oh well, to you. and just give them all your money. No, I'm not saying right. That. One of- one of the things that, that I learned uh, when I was a young man, when I was 18, um, I had to work in order to um, to be able to afford to go to school on my own. Uh, my parents didn't have the money to send me. And um, my mother, uh, a couple of years after I graduated from high school, uh, decided that she did have enough money. Well, she didn't decide. She started making a lot of money as a financial planner, and she said, she told me, now I have the money to send you. Would you like to go? And so I decided to go, but I let her decide, or I took her, I actually took her advice and kind of, was kind of guided by her hand as to the direction I should take in life, and I think that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. Really? Yes, um, because there were certain things that, looking back on my life, I would have liked to have done uh, certain opportunities that were missed because of that, and uh, perhaps I can go back to doing them. Perhaps they were just delayed by years and years and years, but I don't know, and I, I never will know. So you, you're saying you regret taking your your mother's advice at that point in your life, at that age, as you know, becoming a man, I, you know, turning into a an adult. I do, I do regret it. I I I, I have. It's, I think regret might be the wrong word. I have a lot of one. I wonder a lot of what might have been. Had you gone a different route, sure. I think a lot of people will will find that will come to that conclusion or, or that curiosity in their lives. You know how things would have been different had they followed a different route. No doubt about it. But here you are today, and you got to do the best with yeah, what you've got. Yeah, because there there are good things that happen too. I mean, sure. there there's there's positives in my life. I can I can count my blessings, so to speak. Uh, I can look at at things um, that way, but there's you know I've I've got to wonder where would I be had I followed the original script that I had for myself. Well, followed your own heart, followed your followed own dreams. My dreams. 
so you know, to speak. I'm all for dream following, but I would like to uh, to interject here that uh, against my mother's advice, I decided to go to a public school in you know from in, in ninth grade, from eighth grade, and I believe that to be the single biggest mistake of my life. So. I believe my largest mistake was not following my mother's advice um, when she told, you know, when she gave some advice to me. And, uh, you know, like I, I, all these dreams that I might have had from the age of 18 to 27, I didn't get to follow them when I was in prison either. So, I mean, there's there's a flip side to this particular sure. coin, Matt. That's a fair fair point. But you know something? Okay. If, my, my, in my life, my parents have, have given me advice, and sometimes I've taken it, and sometimes I haven't. I've always tried to weigh it within myself and, and try to do the right thing based on my own information and my parents. So there's been plenty of times I didn't listen to my parents, but there's plenty of times I did. So there you have it. And, you know, I, yeah, it's going to be different for everybody, but I, I think that it's important that you respect somebody else's decision, especially when it's not too far off. A- Alex's decisions don't seem to be too far off the norm. I mean, um, I don't blame him for not wanting to join up for the uh, for the selective uh, service. Selective service, and I wouldn't blame any kid because who wants to be drafted, go off to war, and if you sign up for the selective service, you have to admit that's a possibility. Is that it, is the purpose. Yep. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it ironic that his father's trying to protect him, yet he wants him to sign up for the selective service, but then. Uh, civil disobedience is is more dangerous than than getting shot at in Afghanistan. Well, his dad's perspective, from what I understood of his call last night, was it's just a piece of paper. What's the big deal? It's just a piece of paper. But to somebody like Alex, it's more than a piece of paper. It's it's a, it's consent. It's uh, selling it's, out. It's be- obeying the man, bowing down to the system, which is why I said, you know, meet him in the middle. Uh, put under duress, all rights reserved by your signature. That way you can at least feel a little better about signing the damn thing. Uh, send it in. Don't go if they actually try to draft you. And, and get on the same page with your dad about what he's going to want from you. I think it was important. I think it's an important move with somebody who's, who's going to hold college and, and payment over your head to, uh, to try to get dad in advance to say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to expect from you. Rather than six months or a year into college having dad come back and saying, oh, I heard that you were drinking on campus and I don't like that. And if you don't stop, then I'm going to pull funding or, you know, just all of a sudden come up with other things to control him with by holding that college money over his head, which will be even more persuasive because he'll already have been a year two, three years in. And then dad comes in with more demands. So now you've spent all this time. You better bow down even more to me. And I think it's important to get him to iron that out in advance. How do you feel about that, Matt? I, I feel like that his father is probably the type, type of person that even if you did that, he's going to try to control him no matter what. Maybe. So if Alex wants to take his money and go to college, uh, when his father comes at him with terms and stuff like that, he's just going to have to grit his teeth and bear it until yep. he until he's out of college and has his own job and can and it may tell be worth father, it. You know, I'm you know, my own man now. Putting putting up with that may be well worth it. It uh, you know getting that college degree may help him get the biological thing that he was looking to do uh, get that kind of career path going and and bowing down to the man may actually get get him to where he wants to be. Maybe it won't. Time will tell. Thank you, Matt, for the uh, the input and the insights. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves here. More coming up. Your calls about anything. That is the point of the program. So we call it Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231. 
Talk Live in. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight it is Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Features including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. We continue taking your calls. Ladies first, Holly is in California. And Holly, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Good evening. Hi, Wayne and Mark. How are you guys? We're doing well. How are you? Holly, what's Fine. on your mind? I've just been listening for a few moments, and I find the topic very interesting on kind of how much um, authority and um, outward structure do we allow in our lives and when we're in the position of kind of being financially dependent upon that person um, how much, in a sense, do we kind of have to sell ourselves out and grin and bear it? Mm-hmm. And at what point in our lives and our development do, does, do we kind of have to stand and, and go on our own and form our own rules and regulations? Indeed. And, you know, and, and, how, and how, I mean, in a sense, as a father, I mean, this is kind of, I'm going gangster on you, but in a sense, as a father, a little bit like a pimp, is there that same um, kind of, room for the not a pimp but kind of the the control yeah and I mean, the a pimp man, is a controller and, and the sure. pimps are the, the politicians the serving the self or the pimp that's actually invested in the the uh, child or whatever um going on and standing on their own so it's kind of that an interesting balance it is and it it all depends there are a lot of different types of parents out there and I just don't think it's fair to, as one of our earlier callers was doing, was just painting all parents that aren't beating their kids as good parents that love their that love their children. They may not be good parents. They may love their children, but they may not be uh, showing their love in what I consider a good way. Absolutely, because of physical beating and bullying by repeating, you know, um, restrictions you need to go to church you need to do this whatever they whatever those restrictions may be mm-hmm. repeating and, and saying you have to kind of step into the form i have created not that you are you are your own unique individual and i you have been lent to me to give you the legs to go out and stand and fly i think in the native american culture uh w- one of the traditions i don't remember the tribe says we something like we raise our children so they will leave us. Great point. Any other thoughts for us tonight? No, but great topic and keep up the good work. Well said, Holly. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Let's continue and talk to you about whatever you want. It's Mike in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Mike? I got uh, kind of a two-pronged question. Uh, I think about running for city council here. All right. And uh, I'm kind of concerned that one of my viewpoints is fascist versus libertarian. You're concerned that is, one uh, of your viewpoints is fascist? Possibly. Uh, I live in an extremely low-income neighborhood. Lots of uh, crime, lots of poverty, lots of litter. And one of my thoughts was uh, if I ran and and got it, was to uh, get rid of glass bottles in favor of uh, aluminum cans to reduce litter. To get rid of them in what way? How are you going to get rid of glass bottles? To uh, 
to pre- to prevent like liquor stores, for example, from carrying their uh, their beer and glass bottles. Yep, yeah, you're a fascist. Uh, I don't know how it's going to affect. Um, I, I, you know, this is one of those uh, situ- situations where what are the unintended consequences um, in you know this particular situation beyond the fact that it's just wrong to tell your neighbors who are running their businesses uh, what to do, as though the, it's the uh, business owner's fault that someone is throwing a glass bottle on the ground. Beyond that, what if he incentivized the business uh, through t- uh, you know tax uh, as sort of s- some sort of tax leaving situation to carry aluminum cans as opposed to a fine for carrying glass bottles. You're still coercing people. Hey, just all you're doing is lessening their taxes, right? I understand well, to me it's that. Using, to me, it's using psychology. The person will not pick up a glass bottle off the street, but they might pick up an aluminum can to recycle it and make money off of it. I'd say incentivize so them with the tax business, breaks. They'd have a cleaner business because there wouldn't be glass bottles smashed all over the place. I say incentivize them with tax breaks. I, 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 I hear all the advantages, and I think they sound good, um, but I would say incentivize them with tax breaks Hello? as opposed to, uh, you know, use, use the carrot instead of the stick. Can you still hear him? Mike? Scott? Hello? Mike? Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I, I feel kind of icky about that, Mark, because what you're saying there is he should be playing favorites. Uh, as a politician, he should go in there and he should, uh, you know, basically uh, pander to certain certain elements in the business community. Hey, if you aren't carrying the uh, product, if you if you carry the product that I don't like, then you'll just have to pay full amount. But if you get on my good side and you get rid of the glass bottles, then I'll reward you by uh, cutting your taxes and giving you a benefit against your competitors in the marketplace who want to sell glass bottles. It's it's uh, it's playing politics. It's playing favorites. It's uh, it's I, I find that kind of despicable. Mm, okay. <laughs> Wayne, your thoughts on this? Fascist pig. Yeah, that's me. I'm fascist. <laughs> hey, look, I, all I'm advocating is for lower taxes for people. I, right? I know. Less I know. aggression. Unless they want to sell glass bottles. Less aggression. Well, what's wrong with having some sort of incentive for for everything across the board that might be an offender? Because there's going to be cans out there as well as bottles. Well, his suggestion is that people will pick up cans because they're valuable to recycle. He's right about that. Yeah, yes. Bottles, too. Well, I know a lot of people yeah, who collect bottles. But they don't have the same uh, value as far as recycling is concerned, do they? Um, I don't believe they I've do. I've seen five cents, ten cents, depending on the state. Yeah, but that's not real uh, It's not real market value. That's True. that's uh, arbitrary. Again, another uh, subsidy essentially created yes. by the state to create jobs uh, that aren't real jobs that would uh, otherwise necessarily exist. So. It's a tax on uh, essentially people with a, the, the put their uh, beverage or whatever in aluminum cans um, because they end up having to to bear that cost and um, you know in in this particular instance maybe it causes more people to pick up aluminum cans and get them recycled I don't know um, nope. I I am of the opinion that government can be um, used in better and worse fashions um, you know but I you know obviously it's all force and it's all coercion I just think that there are better and worse ways to use that force and coercion toll free number is 800-259-9231 so is it fair then Mark uh, and I see where you're coming from and I generally agree with what you're saying about there are better and worse ways to go about things but is it also appropriate for a, um, a government since we're talking about incentive uh, is it also appropriate for a government to say Hey, uh, bring your company here and locate it here in this plot of land in our city zone, and we'll cut your property taxes by 50%. Well, I think it's dangerous, uh, for one, because likely the in the amount of time, whatever you do in business, double the time period um, you know, for solvency or whatever. So you, you go there for, say, say they're going to do it for five years. 
well, you go there for five years, you might just be getting, uh, you know, getting everything under your feet because you're not in the greatest neighborhood if that's what they're doing. And also, you're making a deal with the devil um, when it comes to the government because you never know if they're going to change their mind. If they choose to do that, then that's what they c- can but, do at but any point. Isn't that wrong to every other business owner who has had violence uh, initiated against them? Oh, that's great. We've been sitting here paying for however many decades we've been located here, and they just decide to cut a break to this one company. It's fa- it's favoritism, and it's not appropriate. And that particular, if you, uh, I, you know, I mean, I understand where you're it's coming from. It's another example. Of I didn't understand your uh, statement completely, but eh, you know, it's when they give a company the incentive to come somewhere by cutting their taxes. How does that help those other companies in the area? It doesn't. It creates unfair competition in the marketplace. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and if we get a chance... I want to talk about what sounded like an amazing instance of civil disobedience. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to witness it today. I want to get into that here if we get a chance. But your calls are what the show's about. Toll-free number 800-259-9231 and inviting you to our website. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive there. Edit virtually anything you see, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. As we go back, I think uh, we've recovered Mike in Kentucky. He was on the line with us talking about a uh, run for city council and how he's got this, uh, you know, and he accurately identified it as a kind of a control freak tendency uh, to stop people from dealing in glass bottles because there's apparently a big littering problem. I bet there is. There in Kentucky. Uh, where you're living, and so you'd gotten cut off, cell phone dropped out, or something like that. So I want to uh, have you pick up there. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, sorry about that. We got a thunderstorm about to roll in. But basically, it's, uh, people don't res- take responsibility for their own property and that of others. And it's trying to think of ways to encourage people not to litter. And, well, uh, I mean, if, I if somebody should. litters on my property, I go and I pick it up because I do take you know responsibility for. Uh, for my property. I don't appreciate the fact that somebody littered on it, but what's done is done, and somebody's going to have to clean it up, and it's not going to be anybody else that does it. So I Well, I at some point or another, um, the amount of litter that it falls on your property is going to, you're just, you're just going to get behind on it. You're just not going to care as much anymore. Um, I am of the same opinion. I generally go and pick up uh, the litter too, but I would like to point out that my front yard is a heck of a lot farther away from my house. Mm -hmm. I, I can live all day long without ever having to look at the litter that might be along the side of the road at my house, so I don't bother with it. And different people have different thresholds for uh, litter, and so therefore you've got this situation. Glass is dangerous because it can cut people. Yeah, I understand that, but uh, some people prefer to drink out of a glass bottle. They believe that. Uh, whoa, there's dogs. Uh, they they drink. Uh, they 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 think that drinking out of an aluminum can taints the taste of whatever it is that they are they are drinking. They may have something. You there. think that- I, I agree with you, but um, my uh, neighbors pretty much just drink the cheapest thing they can find. Sometimes that comes in cans. I mean, look, I don't really. 
Whether yeah, somebody I mean, throws a glass bottle out in the front of my house or an aluminum can, somebody's going to have to pick that up. And if I'm picking up a handful of aluminum cans, that's not enough to take those anywhere. The people that are picking up aluminum cans and actually turning them in are picking up bags and bags and bags full, throwing them in the back of a truck and going and turning them in for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever it is they end up getting out of well, it. Well, I say that, uh, you know, the your plan on a, uh, as far as doing away with uh, glass bottles and going for aluminum cans uh, is would normally be implemented by a big government person with some kind of rule that says uh, there will now be a fine for any business that sells glass bottles. That's how they would do it normally. Mm -hmm. And I I see some value to what you're saying, and I don't know what the unintended consequences are. They're out there, and I don't know what they are. But I would suggest that uh, I'm still foregoing, uh, just give some kind of incentive rather than, uh, you know, some kind of uh, disincentive for... uh, what it is that you want. So, again, creating an unfair uh, marketplace for people to uh, – you know, the people that are, are friendly towards his idea will get, a, will get benefits, and the other ones that want to keep selling glass bottles will be screwed. I don't think uh, you should be playing favorites like that, but that's Mark's advice. You, that's what you'd ask for, right? Hey, he's, he's looking to run for city council where he is. He's not yeah. looking to uh, you know, about, create free land. How about encouraging people to go out and you know, do litter pickups? We have people here in New Hampshire that will go out and do what they call the open carry litter pickups. They'll uh, – Liberty yeah, activists. And that's pretty much the only time that uh, white people come in this area. Okay. And they do it. They do it like once every six months, but it's you know it's a daily thing. You know, I mean, there's at least you know ten, fifteen, twenty, you know, bottles, cans, McDonald's bags. Where are day. these being de- deposited? Is it on private property? Is it on mostly sides of government roads? Or what do you? Where are it's, you seeing? Uh, it's equal. I mean, I it's pick it up when place. it's on the road. I pick it up when it's in the grass on the sidewalk. Maybe you're just you know, dealing kids, with a certain section. Maybe there's just uh, you're, you're dealing with some people that just don't care that much about how their property looks. Well, they're, they, they've, it's been created by the government in the first place. Let's point that out. Is How's that, that? Well, they've been um, when you when you create a class of people that that are they're given things as opposed to earning them. And I'm not saying they're given a lot. They're given just enough in order to not be you know starving essentially. When they're given things rather than earning them, they don't have the respect for property. They don't have the respect for value that they would if they you know worked for something and tried to keep you know keep everything nice and all that. So then you've got a larger amount of people that are incentivized through uh, essentially welfare and the are gimme you, attitude. Are you jumping to a conclusion, Mark, that the people in this area are all on welfare? Is that are they in a poor neighborhood? Mike? He, he, that would be not be an uh, inaccurate conclusion. Of course it's, it would. I would say probably 75%. But there's, you know, okay. there's kids running around barefoot. And there's glass everywhere. If it's a very poor neighborhood, and that was the impression you gave me, then the likelihood is okay. poor people take welfare. I mean, that's just the way it is. And I understand why they do. I'm just saying yeah, that they're... they're un- into the, that mentality about Big yeah. Brother. Yep, there are, there, there are unintended consequences of giving, give, giving out welfare, and one of those unintended consequences is people have no respect for uh, their property around them and, and all this other stuff. So, Would you have some sort of sway over uh, the welfare program there as a city councilor? Uh, that would be a federal matter, which I wouldn't. Would it? Sometimes, state, there's local, sometimes there's local welfare. I know for a fact there's local welfare here in, in Keene, New Hampshire. I know, I know that exists. Uh, but as you, of course, you're right. They could just go and get it from the state or from the feds or whatever. Uh, so I wish you good luck. Anything else on your mind tonight, Mike? Well, the uh, important thing I wanted to call about, and should have asked about first, is um, I am uh, with the uh, Rand Paul meetup, and he's you know running for Senate. This is the and, son uh, of Ron Paul. Yes. Yes. He's just about the spitting image politically. And uh, he's got his money bomb tomorrow, and I was thinking about that. 
and wondering if we could, if there was some way to do like a second free state. If you, what's your thoughts on that? What, when you say a second free state, you mean have a, another free state project elsewhere besides New Hampshire? Absolutely. It already Looking exists. Uh, it already exists. You've got the Free State Wyoming movement, which uh, I don't know how successful it's been. Uh, they, they, I think they're having their first convention this year, or they had their first convention, and they had more people turn out. They were expecting, you know, 25, and they got 75. Uh, so, you know, that's something. It's a step in the right direction. And uh, so the answer is the second Free State project does exist for people that are more westernly inclined. Uh, they should probably look into that. I don't know how well it's going to work out over time because Wyoming's a big place. Uh, New Hampshire's a little smaller as far as the land mass is concerned. It's a little more Absolutely. easy to uh, to go from point A to point B. And I'm, for all I know, someone's going to try a third free state project. Right. I think there's Mike, a certain dilution factor. That's, right. Uh, I mean, um, you know, we could play. have 50 free state projects, and we know how that goes. Um, why would you suggest mo- a second free state project rather than just moving to the one that we've already got? Okay, uh, New Hampshire definitely has, is a lot closer than Kentucky is or really anywhere else. But um, the one problem we see with New Hampshire is is merely climate, not in reference to, like, oh, it's cold, but as far as, like, agriculture. As far as the what culture? Uh, agriculture. Oh, agriculture. agriculture. Gotcha. Uh, people farmed New Hampshire a heck of a lot longer uh, than, 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 you know, for, for quite about the same amount of times they've been farming the Great Plains. Now, I'll admit to you that... Uh, in fact, um, those are better areas to farm, but you can certainly farm in New Hampshire. And let's not oh, yeah. forget the technological advances that have come along in the farming area. Now, if you're talking about organic farming where you're going to go out with a hoe instead of a tractor and um, you're going to use us. ladybugs instead of, uh, instead of uh, you know, DDT or whatever, then you know, it, it certainly there are some disadvantages to it. There's a lot of damn trees here but in New But there Hampshire. are a lot of organic farms up here. Somehow they managed to make it happen. One thing you have to consider with organic farming is do you... You have the um, do you have the uh, the people the, the customer base uh, wherever it is that you're going. I can tell you the customer base is in New England. It is in New Hampshire. They buy those uh, you know five dollar uh, melons and mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff. And the soil is very rich here. Okay, so there you go. Any uh, any other thoughts, Mike? That'll do it. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you again, 800-259-9231. Maybe some of our listeners have some suggestions for Mike as far as something he could propose uh, in his political campaign to solve this glass problem that I believe him that it that it is a problem. I, I don't think playing favorites uh, with the business community is, is an appropriate way to uh, to go about it. But you're right, Mark. I guess that's preferable than uh, preferable to finding people. I suppose you're right. At least uh, that you know, far, people making the steps in the in, in the right direction instead of the wrong one. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Only moments remain. Enough time if you make the call about anything. It's free talk live. Live only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. We'll try to sneak you in. It's Ian with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. Now, if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We will take that money in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head over to AMP. 
amp.freetalklive.com and get perks too like access to the amp only call in lines chat room forum and more that's amp.freetalklive.com right back to your calls it's scott in colorado scott you're on free talk live hello there oh hi hey scott um uh, hello hi, uh, well uh, uh first i i i just want to say thanks for for putting um uh, the, the uh the that the, the market for liberty on on freekeen.com you are it really welcome. gave me a lot of things you are welcome. Uh, people can go and download it. It's a great book that really gets into some of the detail on how a voluntary society might work. Uh, you can go to book.freekeen.com to download that, and it's uh, it's a free audio book just for you if you want it. Glad you liked it. What oh. else? Oh, yeah, and it, it basically just gave me a lot of stuff to think about. Uh, and I'm basically calling with just a question. Uh, this is related to something you guys were discussing, I think, about three or four days ago, and it was about uh, um, uh, child sex uh, Prevention in, in, a, in a laissez-faire society, mm-hmm. and um, you were. And, and anyways, my question is: In a laissez-faire society, when when is someone justified in violating the private property in order to help someone who cannot speak for himself? An example I would give: Let's say there's a uh, privately owned, best could be described as a compound somewhere that has slaves. Let's say shipped in from some other part of the world. How would the people? You know, how um, would someone be uh, justified in? in Pretty much rescuing those people, or how then? If if not, how would the Leslie Fair Society deal with that? I don't know. It would that. all depend on, I guess, what uh-huh. people thought. It would all depend on what yeah. the market felt was appropriate, as far as that goes. Right. To some extent, you're always going to have this sort of democracy, this uh, what, the, the verve day, whatever, um, whatever you know, the, the sort of the way people uh, feel is going to matter. So the um, zeitgeist, yeah. the zeitgeist, spirit of the yeah. times. Yeah, that's that, that's a good way to describe it. Um, you know the if people feel that uh that child sex child rape is wrong and i think it is um you know somebody's going to go in there and and they're going to you know liberate that child and, and or somebody beating their dog in the backyard yep. uh taking the dog if the if the person who is beating their animal comes to a, an arbitrator a private arbitrator and says hey i want my dog back and the person uh, or the group that stole the dog to rescue or rescued the dog however you want to look at it comes in and says well Okay, yeah, we took that dog, but here's video of him holding a you know hot iron on its uh, on its side and him slicing into its leg with a an axe or something like that. Uh, and then you know then the arbitrator will decide based on what it thinks is appropriate, based on you know what the the market generally is is wanting. I would think, and and all of that would end up being hashed out, and I'm sure a variety of different ways across uh, a variety uh, you know different land masses and different types of uh, types of people. You're going to get a different response in a place like Ave Maria. Florida, which is a Catholic-created town that's pretty much only open to Catholics. Why you'd want to go there if you weren't a Catholic, I don't know. Uh, like you know, nuns? Yeah, what, what, <laughs> that, whether it's Ave Maria or someplace that's a little less religiously oriented, you're likely going to get different results out of the arbitrators in, in those kinds of areas. So there's no real set way to answer that question, but I can't imagine many arbitrators would say, yes, you need to give that dog back to those people. You know, he might just uh, decide, okay, well, you stole that man's dog, give him 50 bucks. You know, <laughs> okay, fine, here's 50 bucks. Now we've got your dog. So okay, there you go. Yeah, and I, it sort of brings up, uh, you know, what is a person obligated uh, to when, when, for instance, something's stolen? Um, Ian, if I steal uh, something from you, um, uh, you know, a, a gold coin or whatever from you, and I sell it to Wayne, 
Does Wayne, and then you find out that Wayne has the gold coin because he's wearing it around his neck. Well, you know, he's Italian. They do that. Um, and, <laughs> um, Not with the horn or the crucifix. <laughs> so um, you see it. You're like, hey, that's my gold coin. Is Wayne obligated to give you your gold coin back? That's a tough call. I say no. I, no, I, think I don't that, think so either. I, I think, think the recipient of a stolen of stolen property is a really silly crime to have. I, I, I agree. I think that if, uh, you know, whatever Wayne uh, managed to buy it for, that, you know, Wayne owns it at that point. If I got you know three hundred bucks for a gold coin because it was stolen, I'm like I don't care as long as I get some money for it, and then I should be obligated to give you back you know the amount of a gold coin, which I would guess yeah about eleven hundred bucks. Maybe maybe you wanted to keep it, Ian. Maybe you didn't want to sell it, so then you'd have to make arrangements with me to get it back. Yeah, I think it'd be the right thing for Wayne sure. to do to uh, to give it back. But if Wayne wanted to be a selfish uh, jerk, then he could. Uh, well, hold I think you could also bring up an arbitration court. Uh, you know, you bring Wayne in if Wayne was completely uh, oblivious to this, and one would hope that he was. And Wayne says, "You know, I'm not selling this thing for less than two thousand dollars." Well, I think that that would be a um, a legitimate thing to bring up to the arbiter that says, "Hey, I want my coin back, and Mark should have to pay that two thousand dollars." I think you're right about that. All right, thanks, Scott, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Joe in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Joe. Hello, Joe. You're on the air. What's on your mind hey. tonight? Uh, great show. Um, I'm glad you guys are doing this. I think it's awesome. Thanks, Joe. What's up? Um, I guess my question kind of ties in actually to the previous caller. Uh, what, what what role, I mean, is there a role anywhere for the police in a, a society like you guys have or, or, or envisioning? I mean, are there any kind of, are there laws like against stealing? And if so, I mean, sure, do sure, come in and do something or is it just an arbiter like you were talking about no, before? No, of course, there, there have to, there, inevitably, if you've got crime, you're going to have, mm-hmm. you're going to want someone to bring those criminals to justice. Right. And I don't think that uh, most people would want to live in a place where nobody cared if things got stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so certainly when you're dealing with a voluntary society where private property is respected, private mm-hmm. property owners get to set their own rules, and mm-hmm. they get to hire people to help them uh, help them enforce those rules, and that would be the police. I don't know if they would be called that or they'd be mm-hmm. called you know, protection services or who knows. Uh, okay. you know, maybe police would still be a fairly popular uh, term. But I know that the police in a voluntary society wouldn't be out doing things like busting people for smoking right. marijuana. Marijuana, that right. Well, that's I what I was going to sure. say. I think a lot of the, uh, you know, the, poli- the police, how they're, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the police, but I think what they're doing is stems from the laws that they're enforced to enforce. You know, the victimless crime laws, drug laws, prostitution laws, You're and they get in everyone's business. But I don't know. I mean, would would the police be funded or whatever they're called be funded by? Would they people just voluntarily? pay them or would they be you would pay them like you would pay an insurance company for instance okay. i'd like to point out that you you said you guys and um, this is this that that is what ian advocates i advocate <laughs> that the government be minimi- uh, you know be brought down to the size of uh, cops courts and causeways and then we can look at eliminating those things and making right. them a voluntary solution after that however i don't believe in sticking people to the ceiling on if the issues cops that are you know if irrelevant. the government cops are, this is not irrelevant, he's calling because it's relevant, uh, but if the government cops are doing a good job, then they wouldn't have a problem getting vo- people to voluntary pay for their services. And I've said as much to them, you know, hey, you guys, if you are out just busting real criminals, if you are out investigating real crimes like rape and murder and arson and, and stuff like that, vandalism, then I'd have no problem at all paying you. I mean, you might, probably, might be asking a little too much, which is why I'd like to have a marketplace where we can have competition for your services. 
prices because then you'll actually charge what the services are worth as opposed right. to some arbitrary amount set by politicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if that's all they were doing, I wouldn't have any objection, and I certainly wouldn't be bugging those guys because they'd be doing something that I think would be at least a valuable service. Yeah, because one of the things I talk to people about, um, I'm a libertarian, and I talk to them about things, and it gets down to a lot of times what they're, they're afraid of, of not being quote protected and i know a lot of that's fear of the free market and it, they shouldn't have those fears but well it's just that evidence that is right there evidence that protection will be provided whether mm-hmm. it's in mark's little small government fa- you know fantasy world mm-hmm. or it's in a, uh, a a no government voluntary society the fact is people demand such services it's mm-hmm. one of the most important Absolutely things true. to people if it wasn't important they wouldn't bring it up roads right. they're important police that's important too and so who could deny that the market can provide people with important and critical services i mean it does a wonderful job with food that's mm-hmm. critical getting food into people's right. mouths yeah. so they can continue breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the market. Think, how, think how much worse off we would be if the government provided that. Well, and, they've oh. <laughs> tried that in the past. Look at the Soviet Union. Yeah, You've got bread true. lines. Right. I mean, that's, we have the bread lines of the police. That's what we yeah. have. And, yeah. and look how much better our medical care was when the government wasn't half in it like they are now. I wish yeah, we had more time, Joe. Thanks for the call. Oh, Let's go quickly to Roy in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Roy. Roy in his truck. Roy in his truck. Roy, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the state of the industry, talk radio a little bit. I had a question that maybe uh, you guys with your experience could answer for me. Sure. Hit quick. Uh, there is, uh, I noticed, like, I used to listen to a lot of talk radio on the local AM stations and stuff, but it seems like the um, all the hosts, they have the, they're all real uh, blowhards, you know? Like, it's almost like they're encouraged to just scream over people or... I want you to call back in, because I'm going to talk over you now. I want you to call back (laughs) in. Get off my line! Uh, Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, sharp, and we'll talk about this in detail. I thank you for the call uh, tonight. By the way, go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Get your free audio book tonight. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Thousands to choose from. We'll see you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com.